is going to be really interesting once again it is action-packed we have several high-end um, or high-profile guests uh, with us tonight we do have mr john page but we also have one and only mr chip nightingale who has already been on the show uh, before if you do remember very uh, earlier on and last year the year that we know as uh, covid he did come and encourage us from goldsward as we were looking at uh, the fear that uh, was gripping our hearts especially with this uh, pandemic and the death that is so near each one of us but tonight we're going to be looking at a different topic and uh, it's one that is difficult uh, to deal with i cannot promise that uh, we'll find answers uh, by the end of tonight um, but i believe we would have moved huge steps in finding solutions because the bible does remind us that no temptation has seized us beyond that which we can bear and god has promised a way out god has promised a way out but once i was having a discussion with grace uh, my wife and i asked the question why is it so easy uh, for most of us believers to fall away uh, from the faith why is it easy why are we inclined to sin even in as much as we have been regenerated and she told me one thing say david look we are fighting an enemy that if this were a battle he has experience for thousands of years for thousands uh, of years we are only 30 years old we are only 28 years old we're only 18 years old he has been at this game for thousands of years and paul is in essence saying i'm afraid for you guys i'm afraid that just the same way the serpent uh, uh just the same way as the serpent uh tempted eve or led eve astray your thoughts are going to be led astray and one of the things he does mention there is his cunning uh, he's being cunning and tonight we're going to be discussing this topic in three parts um, and we're going to divide this into this monday wednesday and uh, friday but this monday we're going to look at some of the lessons that we can learn from the past some of the lessons that we can learn from the past so we don't repeat these mistakes why because it seems to me that the enemy does not change his tactics a lot that if we look carefully in the scriptures these things are repeated is there a pattern because i believe god has given us solutions to some of his tactics or all of his tactics remember not temptation has seized us beyond what we can bear but i also want to believe that there are signs there are indicators that our thoughts are slowly being led astray and we can look carefully through second corinthians and we can see that maybe paul saw something and he is warning these guys about what is about to happen no wonder he's saying in second corinthians i'm afraid that your thoughts are being led astray so even paul can see a pattern and he's saying the way he things this may repeat the problem may repeat and tonight you're going to be joined by uh, mr john page as one of the the, the hosts uh, for tonight and uh chip nightingale as our main speaker and if we are lucky we may just uh just on the topping have lucy murungi also join us tonight for the show to give us the ladies perspective uh on some of these issues but right now allow me to welcome mr john page uh, to take us through the rest of this discussion mr page you are welcome to the show david thanks so much it's a joy to be with you tonight, and I just was listening as you were talking about 
the subject for tonight, but then also this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it is, it's a really interesting passage in that in the, when you were started talking about uh, not repeating history, man, it just, it was really personal for me because I often will study, you know, if I'm reading in the Old Testament and looking at uh, Israel and the Israelites, and I think, man, they learned the lesson and they had to learn it again and they had to learn it again. How come they don't just get it the first time? And then I quickly have to look at my own life. And I'm really thankful that God has patience with me to teach me again and again. But some of that, I think, falls back because maybe I'm just lazy to learn from history. Uh, maybe I maybe I understand the lesson or something that needs to change, but I'm not willing to put the effort into change. But anyway, when you were talking about that, it's just really uh, some really thoughts just start running through my mind. So I'm excited to hear where Chip is going to go with this tonight and again on Wednesday and Friday as we have this conversation about something that is so important and so, I think, really practical. I know for me, uh, regardless of the time in life, but at this time right now specifically, it's amazing. Um, not amazing. That's probably the wrong word. It's 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 clear how much Satan desires to attack people. And I always have to remember it's not other people, but it's me that he's trying to attack as well. And it is. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited that uh, Lucy will be on with us. Lucy, uh, this is the first time I've been able to be on with her, but I always appreciate your wisdom and your insight. Lucy, you do an amazing job, but just, just some of your thoughts, some of your perspective on this. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much, John. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm really, really excited to be back. It's been a while. It's really been a while. Um, and thank you, David, for being patient with me. Uh, my thoughts, lessons from the past, just as you were speaking, Mr. Page, um, I, I think I have the same dilemma with sin, repetitive sin. Just when you think, um, I've read through, I'm fascinated by the book of Numbers and just reading through what yeah, the Israelites and all that they were um, doing and all that went on in the wilderness as God led them through. And I have fallen into that trap of wondering, why didn't they get it? I mean, 40 years, hello, how long does it take you to get the message? <laughs> To get what God is trying to communicate. But then I think back to myself about my own sin, the repetitive sin, and one that's standing out for me right now is just selfishness. <laughs> selfishness. And I, for one reason or another, it will always, it will always find its way. It will seep into every single day of my life. I don't know how or why, but I always find myself back there. And it's one I have consistently have had to repent of every day, every day. I love how you said, you know, 40 years as they wandered in the wilderness. And I'm thinking the same thing. I turned 51 years old this year and uh, I haven't been wandering in the wilderness, but definitely have been caught in that repetitive sin aspect. So, yeah, that's you're right. It's going to be a good discussion. And Chip. So good to have you on with us tonight. And in, in a few moments, we're going to turn it over to you exclusively to share with us. But just just kind of give us a little intro or an overview with uh, what you're going to be talking about tonight and then maybe where you're going to lead us in this conversation this week, both on Wednesday and Friday. 
Well, I think uh, the thing that's been challenging me since uh, David approached me, the thing that I was uh, really working on within myself as this topic came to the forefront, it's actually something I've been wrestling with a lot recently as well. And, uh, and I think what's unique is that deception is basically believing a lie. And I think we get so easily caught in this idea of the of trying to figure out what is truth and what isn't truth, that we forget that all truth comes from God's word. And the fact that he gives us how the Israelites and how how people in the New Testament dealt with deception and how they walked through it and most of the time actually failed in it helps to give us a lot of perspective on on what God is trying to do in shaping and molding us into the character of who he wants us to be, not who we want to be. And deception is all about, in my mind anyways, as long as I'm reading through things, is it's the desire to want what I want more than the desire to want what God wants. And uh, so I'm excited about the, our conversation today. Well, Chip, thanks so much. I'm as you're talking, I'm grabbing a pen uh, to jot down some of these notes because I am excited about the things that you're going to be uh, sharing with us. For those of you who have not met Chip before, maybe you heard him, as David mentioned earlier, uh, on a few months ago on the podcast here on Cabin Devotions. Chip is just a great friend of the ministry, a wonderful background. He works with Word of Life Fellowship, uh, but Chip has done a little bit of everything. He's been a pastor for a number of years. He was a camp director, uh, a builder. I can remember Oh, Chip, I don't even actually I don't remember. Maybe 15 years ago, you you put a new roof on my parents' house. Uh, So Chip has a lot of practical experience from life, not just from pastoring, not just from being a student of the word of God, uh, but you bring all of that together with a practical application of life. And I really I'm really excited that you're here with us all week long. Lucy, any thoughts? And then I'd love for you to open us up in prayer before we turn it over to Chip tonight. Yeah, um Usually I throw a spanner in the works at the end, <laughs> but today I'll put it in at the beginning, hoping that maybe it will be addressed along as we go along for Chip. But in this whole, um, just thinking about deception, earlier this weekend I was listening to uh, a sermon by John MacArthur and he was talking about um, women preaching and all that. We're not going to go there, not tonight. Um, but he highlighted the verse that said because it was evil was deceived and it left a question in my mind why does this keep coming up that is is it does it mean to say that women ladies are more prone to deception than the guys i would think it is it's still relevant to what we're discussing today since we're on the topic of deception uh and yeah that's that is my spanner that's my thought but yeah chip feel free to either brush it aside and then deal with it later or yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, let's, yeah, I think, that. I think definitely let's bring that question back yeah, when we get to the end. Okay. Um, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to just um, look into your word and um, get to know your will and your, um, your plan for our lives. Father, we pray that you open our hearts to be um, ready, to be fertile ground to receive from your word. We pray for Chip, that um, you will speak through him, in and through him, and that he too will be ministered to tonight. 
and that you be honored and glorified. May the words of our mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lucy, that's a great, I love, I love your interjections. That's really good. Chip, we're going to turn it over to you and let you share with us. Well, I am excited about being with you guys again and just uh, kind of reflect on some of the things that God has been teaching me recently. I think, I think this idea of deception um, is something that we all deal with more than we want to admit to. And so when, uh, when David uh, brought uh this series together. It was something that uh, I just said, hey, what do you want to talk about? Um, it's really been good for me because I think a lot of times we spend this, this time in our lives trying to figure out what is truth and what isn't truth. What is God trying to do in our lives? Where is he trying to take us? Where? What does he want from me? And we get this thing within our mind that says that, oh man, well, maybe that's not of God. Maybe that's actually of Satan. Maybe he's trying to distract me. Maybe he's trying to do these things. And I believe that spiritual battle, and, and that really is what that is, is a spiritual battle, is something that that all of us deal with. And it really started from the very beginning. In Genesis 3, right where the fall of man is, I think this very first verse of Genesis 3 is so important. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. I think about that verse a lot when it comes to deception. And when we think about Satan, before he tempts the woman, we get this picture from Moses that basically describes who he is. He is someone that is more crafty than any other beast of the field, meaning he finds the the weakest links that he can to, to get us off course. And uh, I, I think of it like um, being a football coach. Now, I believe that uh, soccer was probably more relevant w- to those who I'm, are listening right now, but, it, but this relates to, to that as well. But when you, when you are going against uh, an opponent, it, our goal is to, to do everything we can to break our opponent down. And we find the weaknesses in our opponent. And the moment we find that weakness, we, we attack it. We just go after it. A great coach finds a weakness in another person's team. And when you find that weakness, you expose the weakness and you just keep pushing on it. That's what Satan does to us. He is so crafty that what he does is that that he, he finds the weakness. And here's so many weaknesses that are out there. And I, and I made a list of them that I think maybe may ring in someone's uh, heart today and mind. And it, it, it's just a, an example of a few of them. It says, Satan, he, he deceives in believing that you don't need to attend church on a regular basis. He, he, uh, he deceives us into not honoring the Lord with with the things that he's given us, maybe our tithe, our offering, um, our, our hands, our feet. He deceives us into a sin that entangles us. Oh, it's so easy for those things to happen. Um, he deceives us into legalism. Oh, this is something I've been wrestling a lot with uh, lately, legalism. Legalism is dependence on moral law than faith in Christ. Uh, one of the things I have recognized when I think about legalism 
is a conversation I was having with a family member just recently. And they said, hey, Chip, do you feel this pressure, this weight of carrying the name Nightingale? And uh, I, I was like, what are you referring to? Well, you remember we, we used to uh, go to all these churches and dad would tell us how we had to worship. Mom would say how we had to sing. Mom would tell us we had to be careful with how we looked, what we did. And uh, if basically my family member was ex- describing this, this front we would have to put on for people. And, and ultimately they're struggling with how do we break free from it? It's, it's legalism. It's this idea that what people think of us is more important than what God actually thinks of us. See, legalism is dependence on a moral law than faith in Christ, meaning we believe that other things are more valuable than our relationship with God. That's, that's deceit from Satan. Uh, believing our works are more righteous than anybody else's works. Um, he deceives us with the, uh, this theology that some are chosen for heaven and others are chosen for eternal punishment. Well, we know that's a lie of the devil. We were all, cho- we were all uh, destined for eternal punishment, but God chose to save us all. We just have to choose him. He, he came to rescue all of us. It doesn't say he came to rescue one. He came to rescue all of us. But Satan wants us to believe we're just not worthy. We're not worthy of what he has in our lives. And then he also, he deceives us in, in believing that we have to forfeit what we are and who we are. And that unless we, unless we do things exactly the way that uh, the Bible says, and if we don't do this and this and this and this, and, and we're not perfect, the moment we sin, that we maybe we could lose our salvation. I mean, he he finds all these creative ways. And when you look at what this verse says in verse one of chapter three in Genesis, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. It helps us to recognize that He is coming after us. He is coming after us. It's interesting, the, the next part of that verse, it says, he says to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman says to the serpent, we, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, Satan has been very cunning and crafty in the way he's been deceiving us lately. A lot of religions out there believe in in different things, different ideas of God's word that maybe maybe that it is not not all of God's word is the inspired word of God, that that there's bits and pieces of it that aren't real. Well, we know that that's a, a complete lie of the devil, but but if we aren't taught that, if we aren't experiencing that, if we aren't spending time in God's word to understand that, we can be easily swayed. And, and then all of a sudden we have one of our friends, we have one of our friends who, who's going through something and, and we want to help them to justify what they're going through. And so we let our guard down and we let other things in. I have a, um, a really a story within my life that I think uh, – would relate to 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 many of you, um, and if it doesn't, I'm sure you would know someone that it would relate to. 
But uh, um, in my early 20s, I, I'm, I got married. I was excited about getting married. And uh, within five years, my wife at that time decided to that she didn't want to be married to me anymore. And she started to uh, um, have a relationship with someone else. And uh, so we went through this divorce period of time. And divorce is a sin. It absolutely is a sin. And I can talk to you about the details of the sin, but that's not why we're here. But one thing that I began to believe from Satan is that because of my sin and the things that I was taught up to that point, that I would be no longer worthy to serve God again. And I believed it. And I accepted it. And it's really why I became a builder and started building houses. I always wanted to go into full-time ministry, but I was told I would never be able to serve the Lord again. Well, that was what the, the lie of Satan was doing within my life. That was the deception. Now, are there some things that I probably can't do because of the sin that took place in my life? Absolutely. And are there consequences to the sin of that divorce? There really are. But it didn't ever say in Scripture that I would never be able to serve God again. It just said that I needed a, I have a right standing with God. I needed to ask for forgiveness of that sin, and I needed to grow in my strength and honor of who God is. See, deception is believing a lie. It's being blindsided with false information. It keeps you from walking in the fullness of the light and the will of God. It is a major weapon of Satan. <laughs> Satan really is. Just like Genesis 3 shows us here, Satan is a master deceiver. He deceived one third of the angels to follow him. I want you to think about that for a moment. Satan is in heaven and he wants to be God. And somehow he convinces one third of the angels to follow him. I can't even fathom that. But that's how powerful Satan truly is. And I really believe that some of the things that we go through in life that are a struggle, we have a hard time determining whether or not that is from God or it's from Satan or if it's God allowing it to happen or if it's Satan causing it to happen, or what is the case that is taking place there? I want you to think about this passage some more. Verse 4 says, But the serpent says to the woman, You will not surely die. Now God just told Adam and Eve that they would die if they ate of the, of the fruit, but he didn't say how they would die, or he didn't say the time period, or if it would happen immediately. He just said, If you, if you do this, you, you are going to die. And serpent says to women, you will not surely die. He was playing the words of God. Very much like I believe he was playing the words when he was talking to those angels and convincing them that they should follow him. And he says in verse 5, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I wonder how many on this uh on this podcast today remembers the, the the first time that they could remember that they sinned and what did it do i remember the first time i looked at something i shouldn't have looked at and it opened my eyes it opened my eyes to a different world 
And unfortunately, most of the time, it opens our eyes to want to find more. This is what happens with Adam and Eve. It did open their eyes. But it opened their eyes to the reality that they were no longer protected. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They immediately understood that something was different. Interesting enough, they didn't die right away. I think probably in the moment they were like, oh, you know what? Uh, we didn't die. But immediately they realized that they were naked. They saw each other differently. It's like the veil was taken away from their eyes and sin had entered into the world. It's kind of scary when you think about it because sin is really the peace in our lives that causes us to fall in the trap of deception. The Bible gives us lots of warnings of that. I want us to turn over to James chapter 1. It's a passage I've been working with uh, a lot recently with some, uh, some men I've been discipling. And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting passage to me because, because the Lord is pretty much telling us that we need to call it all joy when we meet various trials. And, uh, and I struggle with that because when we see trials, I don't think most of us find joy in those trials. But verses down, I want us to look at something before we kind of look at those first few verses. Verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Now, that word steadfast, what does it mean? Well, the word steadfast to in most of our knowledge of that word means that we can endure. We can endure through things. But it also has specific meaning for us to understand that we are enduring to what we committed our lives to, is what steadfast means. Enduring to what we committed to our lives to. What he's saying is, is that this is, these trials are to help us to endure our relationship with God, that it, it makes it stronger because we made a commitment to God. We're going to uh, endure. We're going to be steadfast under trials. So for when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Now, we don't do it because we hope to receive the crown of life. We do it because we love the Lord. But we do it ultimately because we we love him so much because we committed our lives to him. And then he says, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. See, it's really important for us to understand that the, the temptations that come through into life aren't from God because he can't tempt us to sin. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one to do evil. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his, this is so important, his own desire. The reason we get to this place of deception is we believe that we 
ultimately are more important than our relationship with God. Um, when I struggle with sin, and and uh, I still struggle with sin today, we all struggle with sin today, and I I believe that I. I'm getting better and better and better at it. And then there's those times where I'm discouraged because I, I fall prey to, to sin again. And and, uh, and you kind of go through these ups and downs and roller coasters. But when I am struggling with sin, I am struggling with my own fleshly desires. And Satan knows it. And the minute I start thinking about myself and my own desires, it is the cunningness that we see in Genesis chapter three, as he goes after Eve, he starts throwing these little darts of temptation my way to see if I'm going to grab them. Now, I'm 45. I'm so thankful that I'm not in my 50s like John is right now, but uh, I'm 45. <laughs> and, uh, and Satan has had 45 years of throwing darts at me. And he knows which ones will hit at certain times. And he knows which ones, when they when they go by me, they don't hit the target, that he needs to go grab a different one. Because through 45 years in his experience with dealing with me, he knows he can deceive me with something. The hard part is, is that when I'm struggling within my flesh, I don't recognize that it's Satan that's trying to deceive me. And it's and I I struggle because, because I would think I would know by now how to turn away from those things. But for whatever reason, I don't. And uh and as I've been going through these passages, especially going through James, I begin to realize that these temptations that are out there are basically what he says here in verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, Christians. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're a brother or sister in Christ. So when you meet trials of various kinds, those are those are the darts. Now, some of those trials aren't aren't uh, satanic. Some of those trials are just uh, are, are just personal and, and I'm working through whether or not I need to step out in faith and, and do something else for God. And, and I'm trying to work through that process. But, but understand something. When he says to count it all joy, when you meet trials of various kinds, he's telling us that these trials are going to come in all different forms, different shapes, in different objects. And when they come, I need to find joy in them. And when I find joy in them, I'm going to be able to, what it says here in verse three, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It's going to produce a strengthening within my relationship with the one I committed my life to. Now, if I committed my life to the world, and trials come and I find joy in that trial, I'm, it's not going to do me any good in my relationship with God. But as a brother and sister in Christ, if I find joy in that trial, it's going to draw me closer to him. Then he says in verse 4, and let steadfast have its full effect. I, I've been thinking about that, that phrase there a lot. It's full effect. What does that mean? 
it means that we would become even more like him. Isn't it interesting that he uses trials to help us to grow closer to him? That he allows Satan to try and deceive us to draw us closer to him? I, I, I've been wrestling with that a lot. Why, why would a, a loving God do that? Why would he use those types of things? But I can say without, without a shadow of doubt that because of the experiences of the things I've had to walk through, I now understand grace. I, and, I, and I know I'm, uh, I need to learn even more of what it means to understand grace. But grace is something that God freely gives to us. It's something that he used to rescue us. And he says, let it have its full effect. So now I'm beginning to see people in a different light. We had this interesting thing happen, and uh, uh, Mike is a good friend of mine, and he's in this office, and we had this uh, roof we were doing. This is a crazy story, but uh, it was just here in the last few weeks, and and so Mike had some friends come over to help him redo his roof to help save a little bit of money. And uh, we got about two-thirds of the roof done, and that's all we could get done in the weekend. And the inspector came out on Monday, and he didn't pass the inspection because there was a new code. Now, I'm telling you, that was a trial. That, was, that felt like Satan was trying to do something to discourage us. And, uh, and my initial thoughts, you know, being a friend and helping him with this roof, my initial thoughts was anger. It was frustration. And I guarantee you about 20 years ago, my old self would have just wanted to go on down to that inspector and said, I can't believe this. Two months ago, this was the code and now you're changing it again. I, this is ridiculous. I would have argued and done all of those things. But this time, something different happened in my mind. And the first, uh, the second thought after I was a little frustrated, the second thought was, okay, what is God trying to teach us here? It wasn't oh my goodness, we're going to have to tear this roof off again and start all over. It was, what am I supposed to learn from this? See, the deception in that moment was Satan was trying to trap us to being like the world. And we could have responded and maybe in our minds rightfully responded by, by attacking and going back after him. But as I explained to Mike, that was you know what, we can attack them and we can argue all we want, but all that's going to do is create more division, more conflict. And it's going to make it even harder for you to pass the inspection next time. But if we handle this with grace, maybe there's something we can learn from it in terms of the relationship we're having with the inspector, or maybe the relationship that is going to take place with these new neighbors, or maybe a relationship of someone who is on that roof. Because how we deal with it determines a lot. But Satan, he threw this out there. I, I, I feel like it was an attack from the devil. He threw this out here. He was trying to create deception and, and causing us to doubt, causing us to doubt our abilities, causing us to doubt all different types of things. And guess what? It didn't work. 
And I believe the reason it didn't work was because as believers, we came together and said, what is going on? And we had a conversation about it and we prayed about it and we encouraged each other. And I think that is the thing that we need to understand is that deception comes when we are al- when typically we are alone. Deception comes when we are weak, when we are at our weakest points. You know, when we doubt whether or not we should be going to church, it's usually because something happened that week and maybe we we got trapped in sin and we feel guilty about going. But we need the people in that church. Or maybe it's just because we're fearful of how they're going to treat us when we get there, when they realize that we have sinned. Hopefully the church is going to love us back into that church. But that, again, is the deception of Satan, and, and that is him trying to trick us from doing what we know is probably right. So the thing I want us to see here, really, in this, uh, in this first lesson is that deception is believing a lie. It's believing what Satan throws out there to get us off course. It's being blindsided with false information. I love what it says here as we're going to close James 1.5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. Meaning, all we have to do is ask God, is this deception from Satan or is this or is this you protecting me from something else? If it is, if it's anything against God's word, it's deception from Satan. We have to be very careful, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in the next couple of days. But we have to be very careful that we don't let what people say be the gospel. I say this all the time, and, and I'm saying this to whoever is listening today: don't don't take my word for what what I am saying as the gospel. You need to go to scripture and find it yourself. Let the Holy Spirit determine what the truth is of God's word. It's not my job to tell you what the truth is. I lived my whole early adult life um, based on what someone else told me to believe instead of what I actually began to understand and believe. I needed to go to God's word and find it myself. So I hope this was uh, an encouragement to you and I'm looking forward to whatever questions might come. But uh, these are some of the things that really have been uh, been weighing on me, I guess, as I think about the serpent's experience um, in the last thousand of years and the fact that he has found many, many ways in which he can deceive us. Chip, this is so good. And uh, David, sorry for just jumping right in, but you can see the expression on my face, just uh, the excitement of, Chip, what you shared. I'll be honest, in looking at the conversation over Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I thought it was going to kind of be a little bit of a slow start and an easy conversation, but you gave us so much, so many good things tonight. I was writing, I think I've got three pages just of, of notes here jotted down, and I can't wait to go back through it. And I look at really personal application for me. I love what you said at the beginning, even when you were talking about a coach. And a coach's aim is to find the weakness in the other team and exploit it. And to me, that's such a picture when you look at sports. But that's the same thing, like you said, with Satan. He's on the other team. 
He's looking for every weakness. I think I've made this statement before, like, why does he keep picking on this area in my life? Well, that's a weak area, and I need to get into God's word, and I need to get people into my life to strengthen, to change, to be aware, so that it, that hopefully that area won't continue to be a weak area. I think what's interesting about uh, this topic of deception, um, when you when you think about it in light of what we've just gone through this last year, it's it's easy for us. I heard this on on another podcast, believe it or not. And uh, and Canada is going through this this turmoil within churches. They they're not been able to open up and all this type of thing. And and this pastor said we've got to be careful that we don't let Satan decept us into believing that he is winning, that Satan is winning, because Satan is not going to win. That the church has survived since. Since the beginning when Christ came, the church has survived it and it's had to move around in places, but it never it never falls apart. The only church that ever falls apart is the one that is not founded on the truth of God's word. And uh, and we think because we we aren't meeting in a building that Satan is winning. And the reality is, is that that's just deception. We're only way Satan wins is if we let him win. And I can tell you right now that God is not going to let Satan win. And we have to trust and ask him for wisdom and how to walk through uh, this this area in our lives where maybe we can't actually get together like we used to. Chip, that's so relevant when you I listened to what Lucy was talking about on Grace's comment there, how that can come into play in isolation, because we do we need other uh, Christians, we need other friends in our life reminding us that Satan is not going to win, that he's not winning. We need to have that positive voice, uh, that encouraging wor- voice from other friends, from the word of God into our ears. And so it's interesting how that does connect into isolation too. But Chip, this was fantastic. And those of you that are online with us too, I hope you're doing like I'm doing when we when we finish this, that you send this podcast off to others that weren't able to listen live because this is such a relevant topic to us today. Uh, but Lucy, even as you mentioned, it's a topic that really continues to repeat itself. It's always relevant, uh, but I think the application of this is so, so critical. I, w- I was talking, you know, David and I have been in Rwanda this week, and I heard a very similar thing from uh, five or six young professionals saying how they drew so close to God, even when they had to be isolated, but they had so many other friends that went in the other direction. And it really was because of believing a lie. Deception is believing a lie. So Chip, thanks for encouraging us on this whole aspect of uh, getting into the word of God, studying, don't just believe what someone says about these words, but understanding grace, understanding forgiveness, understanding truth, lies, deception, And thanks so much for sharing even your personal testimony with believing the lie that Satan tried to say uh, you no longer can do ministry because, man, that that's like a double win for him. If he can get somebody where we just want to serve God and he gets us thinking that we can't, uh, he kind of wins in a double way. So thanks for just being uh, very vulnerable and open and sharing that because that really is a practical example for all of us walking into that situation and realizing that we shouldn't believe Satan's lie, but then also how we treat other friends, knowing that I too sin in so many different areas. 
So I'm looking forward to this conversation continuing. Lucy, thank you always for your great input. It's fun to be actually on the air with you. I've been a listener many times as you shared. And uh, David, we're going to go back to you as you kind of wrap things up for us tonight. And we look forward to a great time again Wednesday evening on Cabin Devos. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Paige. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Chip Nightingale, for joining us tonight. Um, I'm very excited that this has been a success. I mean, coming to the end of the show, um, I mean, there's been very huge dynamics uh, with this show. But thank you so much, guys, for uh, carrying this through. It's exciting. But let me remind you, we'll look at part two and part three of this awesome verse. And you know, when I was looking carefully at this verse, one of the things I noticed is thoughts can be led astray. Yes, good thoughts can be led astray. And how does this happen? Well, stay tuned, and I believe that you guys are going to be blessed. But let me encourage you to go ahead and uh, invite your friends and family to be a part of this show. But do me a favor. One of the things we're trying to do as Cabin Devils is start an Instagram page. And so just go to Instagram and search for Cabin Devils. Be sure to follow us. I'm going to be putting several verses there. I'll be putting reminders on Instagram. But do us a favor and give us a, a follow if that even ever exists but give us a like and follow us on instagram uh, so that we can be able to reach more other people but please thank you so much for tuning in tonight for cabin divorce and i hope to see you guys on wednesday 9 p.m east african time have a good night and may god bless you